listening to Law and Gospel on this Bible Study Wednesday, March the 11th, in the year of our Lord, 2020. And we're going to be taking a look at John chapter 8, beginning with verse 31. I indicated that during this Lenten season, we want to know more about Jesus, and particularly that he not only knew of his impending death, but that he told even unbelievers about it, as well as his disciples. So without further ado, John chapter 8, verse 31. Uh, This continues after Jesus had spoken to them about his mission. And so verse 31 says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, why is that really an important statement? Because Jesus indicates how we are saved. And he says, that occurs if you abide in my word. Now, the word for abide in the Greek can also mean to continue in my word or to remain in my word. It's kind of like in a family. If children love their parents, they will want to remain in the house until they're married, and even after marriage, they will want to return at Christmas and other holidays. In other words, they're remaining because of the words of the parents. And Jesus says, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What does he mean? that you will know the truth. The Bible is our norm, our source for knowing anything about God. There is no other source. The Bible is totally unreasonable because until you have faith, you cannot understand what God is saying. Now, some of the Jews answered Jesus in verse 33. We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, verse 34, John 8. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Now, these folks are committing sin a number of them, because guess what? They are not believing in Jesus Christ. Their motivation is not by the Holy Spirit. They are always following self-interest in doing their works. In fact, the ESV says everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Uh, The word slave there is doulos, which means slave or servant. A believer is a server 
servant of Jesus Christ. But if you commit sin, you are a servant to the devil. And Jesus continues, verse 35, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. In other words, slaves were often sold to other people. They were not part of the household. They were not part of the family. But the son remained forever. So Jesus is talking about how do we remain in God's kingdom, not in the kingdom of Satan forever. Namely, we trust the word of God. We remain in the word. Now, that's why you'll often hear on KFUO, if there's a question from a listener, about most of the time, the question is answered with a Bible verse, because that's the evidence for what we believe. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now, how can you be free from sin? How's that occurring? Well, it's the word forgiveness. And when you take a closer look at the word forgiveness, and we've said this a number of times, it means that God no longer holds you accountable for your sin. It's like a prisoner who's in jail and the warden comes in and he tells the prisoner, you are forgiven. Guess what? The prisoner, prisoner is now freed from jail. Jesus freed us from the kingdom of Satan. 37, he now responds to their idea that if they're sons of Abraham, they're already free. They've not been in bondage. So he says, verse 37, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me. And then he says, because my word finds no place in you. What's Jesus saying? Well, he's kind of saying something that is said in Romans chapter 9 by Paul, that there are two Israels. There's the Israel of the flesh and the Israel of promise. In other words, there's people in Israel who think they're Israel because they're related to Abraham. Then there are those who are part of the promise of Isaac. They believe the promises of God, and therefore they're the true Israel, the holy Christian church. So when Jesus says, I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, the actual word there is seed. I know you come from Abraham. You can track your life back to him. But that doesn't save you, just having a relationship. That's kind of important. Just because your parents are Christian doesn't mean that a child is saved if they do not have faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, Jesus says in verse 37, 
you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father and you do what you have heard from your father. Now, Jesus uses the same word for father, pater, in both places. And what is he saying? That my father is different than your father. Well, of course, they're going to be wondering, what's he talking about? So they answer him in verse 39. Abraham is our father. And Jesus replies, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. So if you're asking the question, what are the works that Abraham did that Jesus is complimenting? He's complimenting that he was told the truth from God and Abraham believed it. I mean, Sarah was old. She was 65. Abraham was 75. Uh, the two of you are going to have a baby. Abraham believed it. That's the work. And it was a work because he was given by the Holy Spirit trust in that promise. These people do not trust in the promises that Jesus is saying to them. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Now, a lot of people might miss verse 41, what they are saying, because what they're really saying to Jesus, and uh, by the way, that was uh, verse Let's see, what verse was that? Okay, it's verse 41. We were not born of sexual immorality. What are they referring to? Well, they're referring, in fact, the word they use is, we were not born of fornication. It's illicit sexual intercourse because they believe that Mary was pregnant before she was married to Joseph, and they thought that Joseph had done it. Because remember, Joseph did not make public the fornication that he believed had happened, and therefore he was giving the impression that he was the one who impregnated Mary until the angel came to him and straightened him out. So, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. That's verse 41. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. Well, they don't love him at all. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. 
Now, all you have to do is go to Daniel chapter 7. And there the Ancient of Days, who is God the Father, is sending Jesus to earth. So, if you go to John chapter 1, in the beginning was Jesus, the Word, and he was God, was with God, and he was God. And we know it's referring to Jesus because in verse 14, it says he became incarnate. He took on human flesh. So this is plenty of verses in the Bible where Jesus makes clear that he is not only God, but he came from God. And they don't believe this, that he was sent from God at the end of verse 42. Verse 43, why do you not understand what I say? Now, this is helpful. You are not a successful evangelist telling people about Jesus when they decide or they become a Christian through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are successful when you speak the word of God as God teaches it. It is not necessary that these people come to faith for you to be successful. Jesus was totally successful, even though he was put to death. And why did they not understand what Jesus was saying? Verse 43 continue, it is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You know, have you ever gotten into an argument with someone and then you have something good to say about something and they don't even want to listen to you because they don't like you? And therefore, why would I listen to you? Now, Jesus says something that is pure law. It's verse 44, he looks at them and says, you are of your father, the devil. And the word there, you may recognize it in the Greek, diabolos, that is the devil, Satan, the prince of demons. And your will is to do your father's desires. So they say their father is Abraham. Jesus says, no, your father, the devil. In fact, he explains a little bit about the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, as he did to Eve, remember, eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and you will become like God. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You see, the Pharisees therefore have the devil as their father because they're telling lies all over the place. That one parable of Jesus where the Pharisee says, thank God I'm not like that tax collector. And then what are the reasons? Well, I fast, I tithe. He's pointing to the ceremonial laws, not even the moral laws, as a reason why he believes he is not a sinner and God is his true father. Now, what's so sad about that in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus clearly teaches the law 
that you not only sin when you commit murder, an act of murder, but you also sin when you don't think well of someone or when you say something against them. In fact, thought, word, or deed, the punishment is the same, eternal hell. That's to what they are slaves, and they need to be freed by Jesus. So he says, the father that you have, the devil, is the father of lies. Verse 45, John chapter 8. But I tell you the truth, but you do not believe me. I can't find anywhere in the scripture where somebody is saved by the works that they do. That's why the whole Reformation was about one concept. We're saved by grace through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. This is obvious from the time of Adam and Eve through Abraham, the Old Testament. For example, Eve believed the promise that through her would come the Savior. She thought Cain, take a look at Genesis 4, verse 1, that Cain was the Savior. I have gotten a man, the Lord. A lot of translations say from the Lord, but there's no preposition there. It is the Lord, she thinks. But no, Cain isn't the Messiah. He's the first murderer. And the Messiah is going to come centuries later through Eve. Abraham, we've already mentioned that. He believed the promise that they would have a baby. God declared him righteous. Show me where God frees you from eternal damnation because of any work you do. Although Jesus does use the word work when they ask him, what work ought we to do? But what does he say? The work that will save you is to have faith in me. Now, they're ready to put Jesus to death. And of course, they want to do that because of what they consider him huge sinner because he's not teaching Judaism. He's teaching something else. So verse 46, which one of you convicts me of sin? In other words, when a charge is brought against you, then ask which one of you is sane. Don't tell me I'm a sinner if you can't tell me one sin. And Jesus was sinless. If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? And they don't believe him because they don't have trust in the word of God. Now, this is important to understand. It's not that they didn't know the word of God. I mean, there were people in Jesus' time who had the Old Testament memorized. But knowing what the Bible says is different than believing what the Bible says. I had professors, they knew the Bible says that God created the world in six 24-hour days, but they believed in evolution. 
and, and therefore the truth was told them, but they did not believe it because they used their reason. They used historical science rather than natural science. And, and therefore they listened to the devil rather than to God. So Jesus makes a big point in verse 47. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. Now, what does that mean? Because the the English, this is what part of the problem is, is there are not very many English words that can at times give the nuances of, shall we say, the Greek. Jesus says, whoever is of God hears the words of God. Well, the fact of the matter, they were hearing the words of God all the time with their ears. But the word used here in the Greek is akuo, and it means more than just hear with the ears. It's kind of like your father tells you, I'm going to the garage for a while. Uh, don't go into the kitchen. Uh, maybe he made some cookies or mom made cookies and they don't want the kids going in the kitchen and eating the cookies before dinner. What happens? He goes to the garage. The kids go in the kitchen. They see those cookies on the kitchen table and each take one. Father comes in, sees some cookies are missing. What does he say to the children? Did you not hear me? What does he mean by hear me? If the child says, oh yeah, we had our ears open. We heard what you said. That's not what he meant by hear at all. It meant, did you not really obey me? Were you not attentive to what I said? Did you not really believe what I said? And that's the meaning of verse 47 of John 8. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. They are attentive to them. They believe them. They follow them. And therefore, the text ends, the reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So the first here is definitely the word akuo. And then Jesus says, the reason you do not hear them, he uses the word akuo again. In other words, only those who hear the word of God and believe them to be the word of God, only they are the ones who are saved. And that's how you are freed from sin. You're freed because God is giving you the wonderful good gift of the forgiveness of sins. And remember we said you're freed from the kingdom of sin because God no longer holds you accountable for your sin. Now that would be quite a world that we would be in if people didn't have faith, if people were not held accountable, well, they could do anything they want and get away with it. It's not that we get away with it because 
This is about Jesus. He came from the Father, and he came to die and take upon himself the punishment of your sins. This is a wonderful passage, John chapter 8, to show people that Jesus considers himself to be God and the Messiah and knows that he will die, but he will rise again from the dead. On tomorrow's Long Gospel with Wes Reimnitz, we have again an interesting topic, and we encourage you to listen and to hear us on the next Law and Gospel. God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.